Father, I thank you today that you are the creator. I praise you today that you're the one that has authored our faith and you are every day working to finish that in us. And I'm asking you this morning, Father, to meet everyone at their point of need. At the door of their dream. Father, the expansion of their lives. Don't let the complications of life muddle the faith and the clarity that we need in God in the, probably the greatest moment in time of our lives. Thank you for the workers that have worked the, the fields for so many years and times past and some are still working today. I thank you for the fresh troops that, God, you're putting in place. And I thank you today that for the willingness of each one to do their part as the kingdom is planted and grows in the hearts and lives of each individual as they enter that kingdom through that faith in Jesus Christ. Bless your people. Let there be light in their land as you did for the children of Israel. When Egypt was full of darkness, you said the land of Goshen was full of light. And so let light be in the fields and the land of your people. There might be a great witness to the glory of you and the truth of your name. We ask it in Jesus. In his name, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. See, Debbie and Diana, bless you. So good. Let's, let's give them a, a warm hand, you know. Uh, this, of course, is our senior elder. And his wife, he recently, you know what I mean, she sprained her ankle really bad. And so it made her even less mobile than what she was before. But uh, we commend them for the effort and the work that it takes. God bless you. There's a, pre- there's a precious anointing in the house this morning. And uh, let me just tell you a couple of things that God spoke to my heart. Number one, there's a shift in power on your behalf. In your life, maybe there's, you know, it seems like everything was going the wrong way. I mean, you know that when Jesus came, everything was going the wrong way. And, but then 
when he came and finished his work, there was a major shift in power. And that shift in power is, you know, is, is uh, really, you know, uh, an invitation to the whole world, but it really settles in to the territories of the believer. It says that as to many as the, them that received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. This is not just a certificate, you know what I mean, of somehow that you now belong to a different family, but it is a, a release. It is a position. It is, you know, a, a someone else is now in charge of your life and destiny. That's right. Someone's taking care of you. Guiding you. God's plan for your life. Now sometimes it looks confusing and say, you know, but how many know a, with Joseph a, a pit wouldn't look too pleasurable as being a divine plan of God. But sometimes God's go to go to extremes to get you to where he needs you to be. When the time comes that your prison sentence, so to speak, is over or your preparation time would be better, and all of a sudden, God puts you for the very purpose and the reason that all of these years that seem to be arguing against your destiny have, we're just building the platform from which your destiny would shine and launch. And so a power shift on your behalf. There will be positions that will open up. Placements of influence that are going to surprise you. You will be filled with surprises. I like that. Filled with surprise. Anybody, God ever surprised anybody? Yeah. Well, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There are moments and there are times when when God goes ahead and, and says, you know, uh, or he remembers. Not that he ever forgets, but that the right day, the right hour, and the right time happens to all come together and surprises start taking place. Surprises start taking place. And I believe that he is a God of surprises, and I believe that we need to, to, to have a faith that, that anticipates taking the journey of pleasure. First of all, the pleasure for God, and secondly, you 
become the recipients of the overflow of that pleasure. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. There is a pleasure trip that we can go on. And, you know, some amazing things happen when we do that. Bible says that Enoch walked with God and he had this testimony that he pleased God. So if he pleased God, somehow there was a faith in his life that propelled him to walk with God. And the result of that was a major surprise one day. He went out walking as was his normal custom, and he never came back home. (laughs) He just, the elevation changed, (laughs) you know, and he just walked on up into the streets of gold. Hallelujah. The wonderfulness of serving the Lord in faith. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, we, we need more faith. I didn't argue with him. I said, oh, how well I know that we need more faith. You know, the Bible says that Jesus himself pointed out that, that there would be a shortage of faith. As this thing was wrapping up and, you know, as as the difficulties, you know, and the battle became in more intense. People become more confused and promises seem to be being delayed. And as a result of that, you know, they start to go say, well, where is it? Where is it? And so he says there's going to be, there's going to be a shortage of faith. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't want to be part of the people with a shortage of faith. I don't want you to be a part of the people with shortage of faith either. We're just not going to cave into it. I know that you just can't change the word of God and the end time things, but we can decide in which camp we're going to be in. Help me out. Say you're with me today. Hallelujah. Yeah, there would be a shortage of faith. And I was thinking about that faith. We're going to get to the message here. Faith has an element to it that puts a lot of zip into us. For we walk by faith. A lot of forward motion in faith. Now, I know there's that element of that's been tagged, and I think there is some extremism that's called hyper-faith. But faith really does make you a little bit hyper. <laughs> it really does. Faith kind of makes you excited. Your faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things but not seen, that, that the assurance of, of, of something. You know you're headed in the right direction. You know you're on the right path. 
There's an anticipation. There's an expectation. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's kind of energizing your life. It was kind of a, a high, wasn't it? When you went to state, they went to state for football. I mean, there's, a, there's something exciting about getting in championship games. And that's what they were doing. They were getting in championship game and have an anticipation that, you know, good things can happen and wonderful things are going to come out of it. And I, I really get to be part of it. So, if nothing more than a little more zip comes out of it, <laughs> I'll feel like we've been successful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, no, no, come on now, church. You know, faith can do some amazing things. I mean, it can put your, some zip in your life. It, it took Abraham, you know what I mean, who was, who was 99 years old, and it put some zip in him. <laughs> Hallelujah. And let me tell you, that, that faith did, did not stop with one child. Did you know that? No. After that, Abraham had five more sons. Yeah. It'll put some zip in you. Glory to God. It, 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 you know, I mean, it wasn't gender specific either. Sarah, she got some zip too. Are you getting my message, at least the first part of it? Faith, faith is wonderful things. Faith can, can move you from the comfort zone of, of what you've been familiar with into a whole new dimension that God has designed for you without you even knowing what the design looks like. He left his land, his family, and everything he knew. and Because God said, come on, I'm going to show you. And as he walked along, he discovered that his that the that the the uh, the plan was even bigger than what he first perceived. Says so he moves from he moves from you know a Palestinian land, a natural land. In the book of Hebrews, says as he walked, all of a sudden he realized that I'm going further than that. Because he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. So the first steps of faith, you know what I mean? As we follow God in the practical realm of just obeying him, all of a sudden begins to illuminate to us what God has in mind, which is higher than just what can be seen. But even the things that can't be seen become revealed. Now, Abraham did not receive the revelation of what the city looked like. 
He just kept walking because he knew when he saw it, it'd become apparent. It was John who received the revelation of really what the city looked like. So you understand that sometimes you will not get the full picture of why you left. But if you want more of the picture, you're going to have to leave. Don't everybody get up and walk out. (laughs) I want you to understand the leaving part, okay? (laughs) All right. Why should I say when, or why should I say I can't when the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? In other words, all things that God has designed and wants you to do, he wants you to know that you can. Why should I lack when I know that God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Not that there will never be crisis in life, but the bottom line is that he will solve the crisis. Why should I fear when the Bible says God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power of love in a sound mind. So when it comes knocking on your door, you need to reject it. Don't open the door, you know, to fear. Why should I lack faith to fulfill my calling, knowing that God has allotted me a measure of faith? Why should I be weak when the Bible says that the Lord is the strength of my life and that I become the display of that strength? We take action because we know God. I'm asking ourselves the question. I know we've all been there. Why should I allow Satan's supremacy over my life when he says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world? Why should I accept defeat when the Bible says that God always leads me in triumph? Why should I lack wisdom when Christ has become wisdom to me? And that God says that he will give us wisdom generously. Why should I be depressed? Because I can call to remind the loving kindness of God, his compassion, his faithfulness, and and hope. 
Why should I worry and fret when I get to cast all my cares and anxiety on the Christ that cares for me? Why should I feel condemned when the Bible says I am not condemned because I am in Christ Jesus? Why should I feel alone when Jesus said that he would never leave you nor forsake you? All of these are fall in the realm of faith. Faith in the living God. Faith in the word of God. Faith in the promise of God. Why should I feel accursed or that I'm the victim of bad luck when the Bible says that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law that I might receive the spirit of Christ. Mm. Why should I be discontented when, like Paul, I can learn to be content in whatever state I am in? Why should I feel like a failure when I'm a conqueror in all things because of Christ Jesus? And we've all more than likely have been in those arenas where those things have been a powerful force in our lives on the negative side. And we reach for it, but sometimes it's like climbing a, out of a pit or a ladder. You remember the story of the old mule that they figured he had reached the end of his life. And so as a result of that, they dug a big pit and they stuck him in it. And shovel by shovel full, they threw the you know, the dirt on his back. And the old mule, as he had thrown on him, he would shake and stomp it down. And, of course, the story goes that he, they just kept throwing, and he kept shaking and stomping, shaking and stomping, shaking and stomping. And after a while, he just walked out of the pit. Yeah? Sometimes you got to do a whole lot of shaking and stomping. But God will get you out of the pit. Hallelujah. It does not have to be your Waterloo or your grave. Thank God for that. And if God be for me, who can be against me? What a, an amazing thing. Faith is so important that we can't go forward unless we understand that we are to be men and women of faith. 
by faith, it says in Hebrews, these great men and women of faith move forward in life. Romans chapter 1, verse 17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So our walk and our role is to go from a faith that we have to a greater faith that has been made available to us. The extra measure, a faith that gets us to the next level. The next level that makes it possible for the glory of God to be revealed even greater than the previous times. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. So there's a whole lot of death that's got to go on. And it's no longer I who, who's living. You see, he's saying it's not about your life. It's about his life. That he lives through you. Your destiny, your talents, everything about you. There has been a new sheriff in your life. The life that I now live in the flesh. Or in other words, that's what's going on with me. My, my flesh is part of it. Oh, hallelujah. That's right, church. Your flesh is only a problem when it's the master. It's an asset. You know what I mean? When Christ. Because I'm living now. You can't do a thing. Without your body. Your body is important to your natural life and your spiritual life. It really is. And so I, I live in the flesh by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want to quickly run through what I refer to as three cans that you need to drink from. Three cans, cans of faith that you need to drink from. We need to understand and know that there is no chapter in our experience that's too dark for him to read. And there is no perplexity too difficult for him to unravel. The first can, or let me say this. Someone says that success is in I can, and failure is in I can't. Drinking from the first can is God can do anything and everything. 
Jeremiah 32 and 17 says, Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing that is too hard for you. The can. It says, God can do anything. God can do everything. Job, a remarkable experience of someone that, you know, who withstood trials and hardships of life and who came through in faith. Many lessons learned, but this is what he said. I know that you can do anything. No purpose of yours can be withheld from you. God can. We need to drink from the can that God can. Moses was another person who believed in God's ability to do anything and everything. And when you look at these people, you say, well, you know, I want to line up. How did they become what they became when they're men and women just like you and I? And we know that for a fact because James says that Elijah, that great prophet, was a man of like passions just like you and I. But he had something in his life that everybody needs to have in their life, you know what I mean, in, 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 in huge amounts, and that is he had a lot of communion with God. Because that's what prayer is. Prayer is not just simply, you know, to make and request. Prayer is really communion with God. Spending time with him. And so Moses said, Oh, Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do Anything. He can do anything. Just like them, we got to believe and we got to confess. God is able to do anything and everything. That's how the heroes of faith. That's why they're there and recorded for us. And we can look at their lives as imperfect as they were. And sometimes stumbling as they did. But the fact of the matter is they hung on to the fact that I'm going to drink from the can that God can do anything. The water, the living water that's in that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And someone says, who better to hear it from than from your own words? Fact is, it becomes personalized when you begin to speak the word. That's what Job did. That's what Moses did. 
You know what? God can. God can. He's so great that David in his prayer said, or Solomon said, Lord, you know this house that I've built you, you know, and you're going to put your presence. There's no way that it can contain you for the heavens and the earth. And, you know, God is bigger than all of it. God can. Everybody say God can. Uh, Let's do it again. God can. Amen? Absolutely. As you drink from that can, you will begin to incite yourself. You know? And that's a good kind of inciting. Some people incite a riot. Okay? You're inciting your faith in the living God and the most high God. And you move forward with God in new ways. You will walk through the valley of doubt. You will be challenged. Get out with head on, face on with it. But if you continue to drink from the can that God can, you'll begin to move in the right direction. Jonathan himself was one of those people that believed that God can. And he said in 1 Samuel chapter 14, as he's getting ready to go ahead and put himself in a seemingly impossible situation, precarious situation and odds against him, he said, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or few. Because with God, you know, you always have a majority. With God, you always have majority. He says, you know what I mean? It doesn't, we, we don't need a whole army to do this. You know, if God has just went ahead and said, you know, like Gideon, has God whittled down his army to, to 300? Sometimes the God, what God has to do in setting it up is so that when it is finished, we don't take the glory. Because that's what he said to Gideon. You've got too many here. And when you win, you're going to say, look what my hands have done. And God wants us all to say, look what his hands have done. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise this morning. God can. And I'm going to be drink from the can that God can. Can number two. Jesus can and will give you what you need. It's so important to know and believe that Jesus is on your side. He's on your side. Now we're not, you know, feelings is a very real part of us. 
But feelings, faith does not have to dissipate just because we're not feeling it. Because we are tapping into a water can that says that Jesus is on our side. And he desires to give to us things in our life that will produce great joy. Jesus said, I want you to ask that you might receive so that your joy might be full. Now, listen. Right there, Jesus is connecting things and joy. Things and joy. Ask that you might receive so that your joy might be full. Now, somebody said, well, of course we can get out of bounds in anything. But he also said, you have not because you ask not. And then he says, and then sometimes when you do ask, you don't have any faith with it. And so as a result, you have little success. Jesus is, he's, he's for us. John 16 and 23 says, In that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. It's more than just saying in Jesus' name. It has more to do with saying for Jesus' cause. For his glory. He said, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. And I love Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. If it's essential to your life and for your life, if God believes that it'll be blessing and bring joy into your life and glory to him, God says the provision has already been made. So that means this. Your life is different. Your life is different. Your life is different. And he says, I'll go ahead and I will match what I give to your life. To life and godliness. My life as a pastor, I've got to have messages. I've got to be able to hear the voice of God. I've got to be able to, you know what I mean, be able to counsel. I've got to be able to do a lot of things. But you don't have to prepare for a Sunday sermon. So it's not applicable to your life. Now, you need to read the Word of God, but it's not applicable to your life. It's not part of that which pertains to your life. So it's life-specific. 
Oh, hallelujah. It's life-specific. In Matthew chapter 9, I'll ask my musicians to come. In Matthew chapter 9, the example of the blind man. Obviously, he wanted to, to, to be healed, and Jesus said to him, do you believe that I can do this, that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be. So as their faith was, so was the miracle. The miracle was in accordance to their faith. But, you know, they were releasing faith when they said, I believe you can do this. You believe Jesus is able to heal? Absolutely. Drinking from the can that Jesus can and will give you what you need. Take hold of the can and drink wholeheartedly from that. He's willing to minister to the capacity that's needed at the time. We can have that assurance, you know. Then the third can that you need to drink from. And that is the can that you or I and the personal friend, you can do all things to Christ. You can do all things through Christ. Let's say it together. I can do all things through Christ. And it goes on to say, who strengthens me. He strengthens me. So that shows us, you know what I mean, that, that there has to be some input into our lives. There has to be a flow from the divine into the natural. We can do whatever he's commissioned us to do. You can do whatever he's commissioned us to do. Now, this is just not, you know, spiritual as in function. I remember, and I am still amazed at it, that when I started out, you know, pastoring here, well, I had to work an outside job. And I lived down here. And so I traveled an hour and 15 minutes every morning, an hour and 15 minutes every night, you know, and worked a full day, you know, and still tried to care for the church. And I would get up, you know, and I would run the day, come home, and still had time for my lovely wife. I was amazed at the strength, how God just, you know, because it was part of my life. It was, it was what he commissioned me to do. I can be natural and spiritual. I can have 
his, his resource for the natural things I've got to do, and I have his resource for the spiritual things that I've got to do because they are all part of life. They are all part of life. I can do all things. Drinking from that can that whatever God has called you to do, enough faith in our heart that incites us to some kind of action that can produce that fruit because we've been drinking from the right cans. I can go ahead and I can take the can off the shelf and say that this is too hard for me. I don't have enough strength to do it. Even though God wants me to do it, it's, it's part of my life. I can drink from the can that I hate this. I can drink from the can, you know what I mean? Why me? I mean, there's just, there's just all kinds of cans on the shelf that you can drink from. But God has provided a can to drink from. That God is able. Jesus is on your side. And you can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I think it was maybe it was Jonathan Edwards that said this. He said, if, if what you got to do isn't big enough so that you need God's help, it's probably just your own idea. But if it's so big that you're going to have to have God's help, then it's probably a God idea. Now, let's clarify it in this respect. So I need God's help. And all of a sudden, a human being shows up. <laughs> and applies for the help position. They sure don't look a lot like God. More help shows up in human form than in angel forms. It's just the way it is. Human forms. When God wants to get mighty things done, he goes ahead and taps the shoulder of people. Somebody give a Lord a praise. He taps the shoulder of people. As you said, God, these people got to have wills. Well, guess what? You're going to be the one that the well is going to come through. When he needed to get his son to the earth, God has the idea, he has the power, but he taps a virgin on the shoulder. He says, will you participate with me in this great event? And sometimes when 
God is laying out the strategy and making the moves to make it happen, there's a lot of confusion. Joseph goes, there's something wrong here. (laughs) It doesn't fit the normal domain of things, and so I need some explanations. God is not afraid to clarify things if we'll just go and ask him. But just don't stay in the framework there's something wrong with here. Find out what, how God, in what he's bypassing sometimes the natural elements that take place. Stand with me this morning. Oh, hallelujah, church. Faith must have a can-do effect in our lives. Faith does not always have to understand the details. How is this going to be? Well, the Holy Ghost is just going to overshadow you. And the power of the highest, and there's going to be a conception that, that goes on. I don't know that she understood it fully, but in fact, I doubt whether she did because even as things was happening in their life, some things she just had to ponder in her heart. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't have an answer today, but I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, let it be a meditation that happens in my life. If you can change your words, you will transform your life. If you can change your words, you'll transform your life. Sometimes you have to change your words for a long time before your heart gets changed. You got to keep going at it. Keep saying it. So let me conclude with this. Can number one, God can do anything and everything. Can number two, Jesus can. And number three, you can. Whatever it is. Do we have a song? Oh, hallelujah, church. Amen. Next level. Next level. Hello, God can. Jesus is with me. Hello, I can. We're going to pray, and I wonder if we could just, uh, if you would be inclined to pray that God would increase your faith. I'm inclined to pray this morning that God would increase my faith. Disciples came to Jesus, you know what I mean? And, you know, and, and, they, they saw some, you know, arenas of their life that uh, it, just, it just wasn't measuring up to the need. Remember? How come, how come we couldn't do it? And so after Jesus explained to them, you know, they said, Lord, would you just in, increase our faith? 
increase our faith. So we're just going to pray this morning that God will increase our individual faith. God will inc- increase the level of faith in Bible Center Church. You know what I mean? And, and, and because, you know, it'll do wonders. We go from faith to faith. All right? He's not saying that you go in the same plateau and same plane. He said you need to, your faith needs to keep climbing and increasing and, and higher. Because how many know that if you have an author of something and a finisher of something, you know what I mean? That there's something going on in there, right? It is. Yeah. You don't need a finisher if, you know, if author, you know, is the same plane as the finishes. Father and the finisher. Father, this morning, we just pray in, in Jesus' name that. We're asking you to increase our faith. Lord, because it's you who has offered it and you're the one that wants to finish it, we're asking for your handiwork with regard to our faith that it will increase even more and more. God, that it will grow to such a degree and such a, such a purity Lord, that it has all kinds of branches. Father, that becomes a resting place and a covering and a shelter and a shield for, for, for many. Father, I thank you for it. I thank you for the faith that the people have, Lord. Everyone here this morning has faith because you gave it to them. Now we pray for that increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bible Center Church. For more information, you can find us online at www.biblectr.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash biblectr.org.